Man, how <laughs> how hard was it to not dig in during that patch review? I was just thinking back to the last episode, and there are three or four things that I just my brain started spinning as you were talking about them, and I was waiting for my turn to go, and I I just wanted to dig in. Well, it's good that we can make another show, right? <laughs> Uh, that's like the good and bad about planning out topics for a while when like a big batch of new content comes out oh i just want to get there i just want to (laughs) go yeah and what if some of them are stupid (laughs) right well then we then we can learn that beforehand (laughs) we can change it later oh man Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. We are 100% listener-supported, except for the occasional sponsored episode, so keep your ears open for when we have those sponsored episodes but enjoy this content ad-free. Thank you so much for your support. This week, we are going to dive into the topic that everyone probably expected us to go deep on last week. That would be the flea market. We're going to go real deep on the flea market, talk about what has changed, give you a little bit of a history of the flea market, and then wrap it up, of course, with our opinion and whatever rabbit holes come along with that. But first, Let's talk about our weeks in Tarkov and uh, get into some stories. How's your week in Tarkov? Oh, dude, my week in Tarkov from a gamer standpoint is really unfortunate, mostly because my new job finally caught up to me last week. On three, maybe four nights, I fell asleep at like eight o'clock, <laughs> like fully intended to game or dig in and do something and ended up waking up at like 3 a.m. on the couch or my wife was sick of me snoring while she was trying to watch TV and I just went to bed. So I really only got a couple hours in last week. I don't even think the raids were super, um, they weren't really impactful, like I got a few tasks on customs done. I think I got my 25 kills done on customs, but I don't even have the AK-74U or SU, US? U. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the U. So I I didn't even get to pair those up. So like I'm kind of in a weird spot quest-wise, whereas in previous wipes, I almost always had both of those tasks together. So I've completed the 25 kills just by themselves but I still don't have access to that other one. So I'm in a weird spot task-wise, so I got that done. But I think the only thing that really stands out was just an extremely greedy moment at the end of the stream, and I was running out of customs. I went across the entire raid, went across the entire map. I started over across by Big Red, had a great raid. I had like three PMC kills. I think I had five or six scav kills, completely full bag. And I'm crossing, not on the gas station side of the concrete wall, but where the, um, the is it the trailer park key? No, it's not the trailer park key. What is that little, there's a quest item in a little Connex shed there. And I was crossing by that and I went by the next warehouse and I look over by the vans that have the computers in the back of them and I see two PMCs and they're looting. And I'm like, okay, I think I was running with a pistol. I just, I decided to take a shot because one wasn't moving and I knew I could get the headshot. At least that's what I told myself. I let the first shot go, ricochet off his helmet, shoot a second shot and kill him. And then the second one repositions on that hill in front of the tanks and ends up killing me. I even like said it on the stream. I was like, okay, that was just stupid. I knew that I could have just ran around them. They're looting. No reason to engage with them. And I just got greedy. My bags were full. I had quest items. Like, it was so stupid. And then I haven't played in like five days because (laughs) I've been exhausted from work. So I've been thinking about that for a while. So anyway, that's how my week went. How about yours? (laughs) Well, before I get into it, I got to ask you a question because I'm kind of feeling something about quest progression and you're farther along than I am. I've had some uh, 
busy life stuff where I haven't been able to play as much. And what I'm curious about is the quest flow with the flea market changes. How have you felt? Has it changed the quest flow for you this wipe? Like you say, you know, some of the quests that you maybe have expected to have paired, has it changed your ability to get questing done at all? I don't know. I haven't ran into any major issues getting quests done. I do think that I'm completing less quests at the same time. And there's a few reasons for that. And I we can dig into this more later. But one of the things I've been noticing on my scav raids is that a lot of the raids are picked over. Highly prized hideout item areas like Ollie. I used to go in Ollie in every wipe in the past on my scav or my PMC, and I could almost always fill my bags on the way out, regardless of what time was left in the raid. This wipe, whether on my PMC or my scav when I've gone in, Ollie is picked clean. Now, every once in a while, I'll find a clean one and it's not completely gone, but It's just a little bit different. So finding the items that I used to find regularly has taken a little bit more focus and intentionality, which hasn't let me just sort of hang out in raids longer and complete more tasks. Um, The longer the raid goes on, since scavs aren't really killing each other right now because of scav karma, people are figuring that out. I think a lot of loot is being cycled through in each raid, and that's just a stat that I would love to hear. Last wipe, what percentage of loot was taken out of each raid and what percentage loot is taken out of raids this wipe? And I think it would be a dramatic increase if we had access to data like that. I think that you're right. I've noticed uh, this past week I've had some extra time, so I've gotten really back in and tried to push. I have noticed a lot of empty raids when it comes to loot. A lot more than I have in the past on Shoreline. I've got two loot runs on Shoreline that I used to be able to fill my bags in like seven, eight minutes tops. Either on PMC or scav, doesn't matter. And most of the loot spots that I normally go to are picked over. They're empty. Like there's not even tea plugs or crickets or matches or anything left over. There used to be those kinds of items left everywhere and it's all empty. And every scab body I find is picked clean. And it's really interesting that kind of changes, at least has really hurt my ability to progress my hideout. For the longest time, I was looking for toothpaste, and I finally found toothpaste on Shoreline on the pier in the dead body just to the right along the fence when you walk up to the pier building there. Finally, randomly, there was toothpaste in that PMC body there that's dead. And so that took, I don't know, a lot of raids to get. And so it, the RNG of how the new system you know, where loot spawns, and then you have scavs that are not killing each other, they're getting things out. And combined with, depending on where people are and what they need, so like you said, Ollie's empty, you know, you go through there, you're looking for computer parts, or you're looking for hoses or motors and Ollie, or you're looking for food stuff and Goshen in the middle or whatever, you know, it's like, depending on where the majority of the player base is, I have noticed that things have been considerably picked over, way more than what I expected at this stage in the wipe. I've also noticed that it's become quite a bit more important to double check spots that you traditionally can find things that spawn because hideout items are much more scarce. Not having the flea until level 20, it becomes really just a question of RNG in the game. Am I going to find that toothpaste, for example, because I was talking about that? Or am I going to find a pile of bolts or a pile of whatever to just get started with the basic hideout things? Things like if you're going to get your med station going so you can craft Saliwas to give to therapists for the task, or in my particular case, I have not found the croutons to craft the beef stews yet to give for the, I think it's a Jaeger task, to start that. And that is just a very different experience from last wipe for me. So I was curious what you've seen or what you've felt, you know, rating in that way. Yeah, I think you hit on something really key, and I'm glad you circled back to it when you were talking about the hideout and the relationship to the flea market level 20. I had a horrible time progressing my hideout, which was my number one focus last wipe, right? Last wipe, it was, I am going to do everything I can to get my hideout leveled as fast as I can. And so I kind of went in with the same mentality because I knew what was required. I had a pretty good idea of whether items were useful or not. There's a big change when you don't have access to level 20 because 
the level one and a lot of the level two upgrades in the hideout, you really can't do a whole lot of, or at the very least, you have to be super focused in your scav raids or your PMC raids if you want to get everything required. Light bulbs, anyone? (laughs) You know, and toothpaste, like, have you ever once thought about toothpaste? Like in the past, I never, ever thought about toothpaste. And I didn't even know where it spawned. I just knew where it was from time to time. Like, I always found it in like duffel bags or something. But when you need to find something in a duffel bag, that's the worst thing to try to loot there. So I think I did end up finding mine in a Jaeger stash on Interchange or something like that. So it wasn't even where I ended up trying to hunt for it in some of the medical spawns or food crates where it can spawn. But I think you're right. I think that's probably the biggest effect on gameplay, at least for me, was how big of a change it was regarding the hideout and progressing that. I didn't really expect that when I first thought about the flea market change. I was more focused on my ability to generate rubles and sell stuff and stash management. And it wasn't until I was, you know, level seven, eight, nine. And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not going to have the flea market soon. And I have all this stuff I'm saving, but I still have to, (laughs) if I want to level the hideout, I got to sell a bunch of these items, wait till level 20 and then start then. So I, I did make it to 20 and then my hideout just exploded because I had a bunch of money from selling stuff to therapist. And I basically leveled everything in my hideout up to the next tier very, very quickly to the point where I'm now blocked by level, right? I have everything done until I get some of the traders to level three, which is going to be a while at my current pace. I've gained two levels in the last 10 days because of the new job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that there are a number of additional factors with having the flea pushed out farther. And I want to make it very clear. What I want to talk about is something I'm not complaining about. I really haven't formed an opinion whether or not I think this is a good or a bad thing. But what I've noticed is the task for me to kill 15 scavs in woods, okay? You get that task early. And one of the things in every other wipe that I've always taken advantage of is using a gun, whatever gun it is, with a scope on it. And finding a gun outside of scabbing with a scope on it, I can't make one. At level one traders, all I can do, and I'm level 10 right now, So all I can do is hope to find a gun while scabbing that I can buy one of three scope options and put on it. And it's an AK-74M that I can put a scope on at level one. And that's it. That's all. That's my only option. Now, I was fortunate scabbing. I found a gun that had a longer range red dot scope that has two different settings on it. And I used that for three raids and it worked great. But then I died and I lost it. And so then I had to go back to trying to figure out, okay, I need something with a scope on it. And so then you scav, you pick up an M700 or something like that. But it's been an interesting challenge. And I, like I said, I don't know if I think this is good or bad yet. I'm not far enough into it. But without the flea, I haven't been able to build guns the way that I have in the past to do these different tasks. And so I think it's it's a difference. And curious what's your opinion on Have you experienced that at all or was it not a problem for you and you did it a different way or did you not notice it at all? I'm just curious if you ran into that at all. So specific to your woods situation where you kind of got used to using a scope on woods, last wipe, I got to play a lot early on and I actually had a lot of playtime in the beginning of this wipe as well. And one of the things that I loved about those first couple of days was running around on woods without a scope because the PvP, just the overall flow of the map, was wildly different than even a weekend when people are unlocking the prism scope or, you know, the scope for the Mosin, right? The PU 3.5. I actually got that quest done really, really fast. I think I got to that on my first day and was just running around without, you know, just a basic scav AK just doing whatever damage I could. So I think I understand what you're running into where people are running around with more gear now. So it's a little more dangerous to roam that map. I was fortunate to get it done really, really early, but I haven't been back to woods yet for that kind of second round of tasks that takes you back there. And I think my experience there is going to be wildly different because of the gear level of everybody. It's not going to be people without scopes. 
it's likely that there'll be a couple people on the map that have some sort of range that I will have to combat. Now, I have unlocked the prism scope, which is one of my favorite scopes. I think it's a 2.5x. And for woods, it's one of my absolute favorites once I unlocked it. And it goes easily on an M4 or an ADAR, I think. I've got a couple M4s kitted up with that. And I have taken that into reserve. I've taken it on interchange. And that scope's been really good. But I think it's a it's a prapper or a skier level 2 unlock. So I don't think you'll have that available to you when you get that first woods task. Yeah, so just to be clear, I'm not saying I think this is bad or good yet. I haven't really formed an opinion. It's just an observation, something I definitely have felt this wipe that's different than things that perhaps were more accessible, either because PMCs had them when you killed them, so the guns that you picked up off PMCs were kitted differently, Mm -hmm. or perhaps you know, scavs were giving you different gear, but I really have felt not having scopes on guns that I'm used to using. And the OP SKS, the one that you can put a scope on, or at least a red dot, even that is something that is somewhat of a luxury. When I find those, you know, I keep those because I have a lot of SKSs that don't have the ability to have any kind of red dot or scope or anything. Right. And so for long range combat, it's just been kind of different. So I've done a lot of work on woods this week, so it was kind of top of my stack as as thinking about. So I wanted to cover that. But overall, I am enjoying the wipe. I think it's interesting, uh, the changes, and I'm looking forward to getting into the flea market. So why don't you uh, take us into the history of the flea market a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. We kind of can't help ourselves, and (laughs) we knew what we were going to talk about, and it just sort of bleeds into everything. So I want to kind of dial it back really quick first and talk a little bit about the history of the flea market, especially for somebody who's brand new or maybe picked the game up in the last wipe. I think it's important to understand where the flea market changes came from and some of the different things that happened over times and over the past couple of wipes. So let's dig into that. Like we said, I mean, we obviously teased it. We've talked about it already. And I really do want to dig more into the level 20 change, the flea market, and what I think it means for the game, what you think it means for the game. And the really good part is because of my new job and because of uh, some of the stuff you had going on, we really haven't talked a whole lot about this. So I'm excited for that. But before we get into specifics, I want to go into the background really quick. You'll hear that I'm going to loop in hideout because I'm anticipating that the hideout as we've already discussed, will probably be always kind of talked about in relation to the flea market because of how they interact. But there was a time not long before uh, you and I started playing where probably two wipes prior that the flea market was brand new and the hideout didn't exist, which means every item was either bartered for from a trader or it was found in, in raid on a PMC or a scav raid. So there was a time when neither existed. The flea market was then implemented, but in October of 2019, patch 12.0, in the wipe that we started, which was a few months after the wipe happened, the hideout was implemented and everything was marketable. There was no such thing as find and raid as it related to the flea market. So if you bought something from a trader or bartered for it from a trader, you could actually sell it on the flea market and make a profit or lose or what have you. The flea market at that point in time required level five to be able to use the flea market. Midway through that wipe, which was patch 12.4 and in March of 2020, the flea market required level was increased to level 15 and then quickly reduced to level 10. This was in response to real money trading, which is what was referenced, and there was all kinds of problems with bots in the flea market and people using real money to buy items and trade characters and all that kind of stuff. So there was some flea market changes. At least that's what we heard from Battlestate. Then in May of 2020, or patch 12.6, the next wipe happened, and with that came the find and raid system, as well as CAPTCHA, in the flea market. So if you ever run into that box that makes you click an item that you can't remember what it looks like a couple times, that was implemented in May of 2020. And again, the stated problem for changing the flea from level 5 to 15 and then knee-jerked back to level 10 was real money trading, which is also why they implemented find and raid. That was the given reason. 
So now you had to survive in a raid. You couldn't leave too soon and get a run through. And you had to make it out in order for an item to be found in raid. So if an item was in your secure container and you died, no longer found in raid, which is how it was being used before. It was also pointed to as the reason hatchet runners existed. So then in December of 2020, I think the day before Christmas, patch 12.9 released, which is roughly a year after the majority of players quote-unquote found the game and started playing Tarkov due to the major wipe event in 2019, and the flea market was still level 10 requirement, and found in raid was still required for items. Fast forward to the wipe that we just experienced on June 28th of this year, 2021, patch 12.11, and now find in raid is still in place, but the level required to use the flea market was increased to level 20, and the experience gain was also increased for those levels by approximately 89,000 experience in addition to being a higher level. Now, the reason I looped the hideout in is because crafted items in the hideout do create find in raid and quest items that can be turned in. And over the past two wipes, they have added a tremendous amount of quest items that you can craft and turn in, as well as things you can craft and sell on the flea market. So over the past four wipes, basically a year and, well, I I guess we're coming up on two years, but basically a year and a half roughly of Tarkov wipes and patches. And that's everything that's happened as it relates to the flea market and the hideout, as you and I are aware of it. So I wanted to, to go over that because I think the history of the flea market's important. And when we're saying, oh my gosh, level 20, or you go on Reddit and there's just these massive controversial posts of different play styles, different play times, different views on the game. I think it's important to know how much change has occurred related to this system and then to the hideout, which is also a recent addition as well. So like when I went through that history and I'm talking about all those changes and you knew I was going to do a history, you probably didn't know exactly how deep I was going to go. But what were you thinking about when I'm telling, like talking about where the flea market and the hideout came from and and where we are today? I guess the one thing that stands out initially to me is that if you're a longtime Tarkov player, so if you've been playing since, you know, the very first iteration of the game four or five years ago, I can understand why you have a low opinion of the flea market or why you think that the flea market is something that is unnecessary in the game. Because Tarkov, for the longest time, was just the traders and barters. And it really was just about using the trader system and using fence as the auction house or the flea market. And it just became this, you know, there was no hideout. So it was just about getting tasks done and bartering for weapon parts, basically. And I can understand how in the past year and a half, the game has really, really changed. They've added these MMO-like systems in with the hideout and with the flea market find and raid distinction is how you get them and how they can be used and how quest items need to be completed or found. I can see how an old-time Tarkov player would definitely have a strong opinion on that. That's my first impression. Yeah, I think from the like first impression as I was gathering the data... You know, I had forgotten about the uproar when they moved it from level 5 to level 15, right? That was a 10-level jump, and people freaked out. That was a full-on community uproar, and it was changed back to level 10 in a matter of days or weeks. I mean, it was really fast. It was not level 15 for very long. I think what's interesting is it went from being level 5, everything was marketable, to level 15, knee-jerk 10, and oh, we did it because of RMT, and there's all these bad people out there, and there's bots, and they're, they're ruining the flea market. They're ruining the open trade of items. And then all of that sort of died down, and then Find and Raid came out. It was settled on level 10, and then it just stayed at level 10. Nothing really changed. And then all of a sudden, boom, we got to take it to level 20 because reasons. <laughs> there's nothing given when previously every change that was made to the flea market was all RMT-based and problems with the economy, as much as I wasn't sure about the find and raid system, because I loved 
manipulating the flea market. Meaning buying stuff on the flea, using it to barter for items with traders, and then selling those items on the flea and making massive profits and cycling that like crazy. I really enjoyed that. It was fun to me. And because I could do that during the day in between work meetings and stuff, it was great. (laughs) I made all kinds of money and I could do what I want. That went away and it didn't bother me that much, but I did enjoy that period of time. So as I was thinking about this history and all this change, I'm like, what in the world? Why go from 10 to 20 after the original like RMT and economic focus stuff was pretty much fixed and no one was really talking about it? I mean, I think they landed in a really good spot with level 10 and it was just boom. Nope, we're going 10 levels again. I think you said something there that we can't pass over that is a really good point is that the flea market allows you to trade time for money. And and I want to dive into that statement even one layer further. If you're sitting there with your laptop and you're on a, you know, a Zoom call or whatever, you can do some flea market arbitrage without needing to be paying total attention to the game. The flea market was kind of a meta game inside the game that you could play without needing to have your headphones on, go full on raid, right? You need to pay full attention when you're playing the game. And it was a way for players that maybe didn't have the amount of time to play full on raids and go through and just get the items in the raids to stay current or stay caught up with their hideout, with their quest items. It's just a different way to play the game. It's not as efficient, but it it is a different way to play the game. And so I think that that definitely was a major change when they did that two wipes ago. And now at level 20, I think there's a valid question to say, you know, who or what changes and who does a level 20 flea really help? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really good way to ask the question about that. So who does a level 20 help? I think it's interesting, right? Because I think for a very seasoned player, it, it may seem like on the surface that that's who this helps because they can get to level 20 and beyond really quick. But when it's level 20, especially where we're at right now, where, you know, I think a lot of people are going to start unlocking this soon. But I do think the truly like low playtime weekend gamers are they're probably late single digits or early teens, right? There's a lot of people in that camp. The issue is the higher level players, yeah, you can sell stuff, but there's a huge chunk of items that players are being forced to find right now on their own that are no longer very valuable on the flea that used to be very consistent money makers throughout the wipe. Because even as players reset their account or they started their hardcore account or another account or whatever, there's always lower level players in the game. Even at the end of the wipe, there's people that were still lower level. So when it's level 20, you take out this sort of ability to sell items. It would be easy to say, oh yeah, high play time, this is great because now they, they can get there and they can start selling. And well, early on, that's not the case. Like in the wipe right now, it's just yeah, I mean, yeah, high time, high playtime players trading money back and forth for their time, but there's a ton of items that aren't super valuable in there anymore. Certainly, there's still items that people are going to get to level 20 and just haven't found enough of that were valuable before, like hoses and things like that. But, you know, gas analyzers and like light bulbs, light bulbs used to be a great seller on the flea market. And now they're just completely not because everybody has to find them early on. And it's interesting. There's some things like that that I would point to that it doesn't help the high playtime player as much as you would think. I think it's just more of a speed bump. I'm, I'm just trying to think of who else it might help. I mean, it's a great question you asked. What do you think? I think it really helps high time players because all the items you need for your hideout are cheap. They're available. They're cheap because the demand is low because there's just not as many people. So they're cheap. So your hideout is going to get flushed out and advanced really quickly. And then when the majority of the player base gets there, you're already full hideout, level 35, level 40, and you're just going to dumpster people, you know, that are 15, 16, 17. And so I think there is a real advantage to being a high time player this way. The flea market unlock really pushes you far ahead of everybody else very quickly. Like level 19, you're still struggling to stay along. You've got your scav junk box, maybe two, in your hideout full of things that you know that you're going to need, but you can't do anything but sell them to a trader or trade them for gun parts or whatever. And then all of a sudden level 20 comes and bam, you sell everything. 
you may not get as much money, but then you have the ability to buy all the things to supplement the different pieces that you're missing for your hideout. Obviously, some of the quests, you can buy some of the things. Most of them you can't, but some of them you can. And all of that becomes unlocked instantly at level 20. And it, it just feels a little far away for me at level 10. It's uh, it's a little discouraging, to be honest with you. It's hard for a high-time player to understand this. It's hard to understand the benefit that just high time when you throw your time at Tarkov. Tarkov is a game that greatly benefits from just you throw yourself at it. The hardest boss in Tarkov is the ability to play it a lot. That is the hardest thing. This particular change seemed to really not benefit the high time players that much other than availability and really punish the low time players. And so I'm trying to figure out where the real problem is that was solved with this is really kind of where where I've been thinking about it this past week. And I'm not sure. If I had to point to an intended solve on this, it was an extension of the early and mid game, which again, I've said speed bump over and over and over again. And I don't think this is an efficient way to do that. It's really interesting, you know, comparing it to like MMOs or action RPGs where Tarkov had everything able to be sold and bought and traded initially, which that's kind of the opposite ways that MMOs and ARPGs start. Right. Typically, it's way more locked down and then they add in the stuff that you can sell and trade. Right. Or it's a it's a very like it's a it's a subclass thing where, you know, items can never be bought and sold or at least of the highest tier and quality and armor. And then some materials to craft can be. So it's, it's like a really backwards way that it was implemented. And you said something else there about how. I'm trying to figure out what it solved. I think that's maybe what it was trying to solve. And the other side of it too is in a weird way, and I'm curious if you agree with this, I do think there was a discouraging factor even for myself. I would consider myself when I played Tarkov in Pass Wipes. I was a high playtime player, or at the very least, I had a higher amount of focus time than most people did. I may not have been playing 40 hours a week, But if I was putting 16 hours a week, that was in four-hour chunks, right? I I didn't have 40 hours, but if I had 16, it was very focused and in chunks, and it wasn't like 30 minutes here and an hour there. I would put myself in the camp of higher playtime. Even I found myself a little discouraged at level 20 because I can get tasks done. You know, I I can get loot. I can, you know, my survival rate's like 60%, and my KD is like 10, right? And I'm throwing those numbers out there. I I know they're relatively accurate. It's not even to, I I don't know what most people's are. But I say that because I was hitting this wall of like, I want to sell this stuff. I want to be able to work the systems in the game that I know. And I'm being forced to like, just be an inventory manager and make weird decisions about items. And I don't think it's bad because it did force me to learn where to get certain items. And I've learned a lot more about customs specifically. I've learned a lot more about the new factory map. I've looted a lot more places on woods this wipe. So I've explored a lot more. I've been intentional about where I find items. So I do think this helps all players learn the maps better. But I don't think that was a problem that needed to be solved. (laughs) So it, it is, an I think, an unintended help to all players. But it's not it's not a huge thing. I think that a lot of MMOs will teach you maps with quests. You know, and Tarkov's philosophy could be, I don't know if it necessarily is, but it could be learn the map as you need to find something. But that is also so very RNG-based that that is bordering on not fun. And MMOs learn this lesson. RNG is a huge thing in games and in RPGs. And they learn this lesson about what can be you know, random and what can be things that they really have to put in front of the player to keep them progressing. And I'll give you an example of this. The task to go into, to get the case uh, that you need the dorms 303 key, that is just, you better find it somewhere. I have that task and I've had it for a while and I haven't found the key yet and I can't buy the key. And I think you can trade for the key at therapist level one, but I haven't found the items to trade for it. It's super interesting, right? Because I haven't found 
the barter items to trade for it, and I haven't found it in-game in the last three levels that I've played. And to me, that is a bad change. I don't think that's good game design. It's not about survival. It's not about being hardcore. It's gated behind an RNG type situation. And I don't think that that is a good change. I think that's an incredibly discouraging change for people who are working their way through the task system. I also believe that the current task system has got tasks that unlock at level gates, which don't reflect how you're actually playing at these levels with the flea market pushed out so far. So you need to get XP. And I found myself in a a tasking kind of lull between 7 to 10 because I had done all the early tasks and nothing unlocked until level 10. And I literally had two tasks that I couldn't do because of keys. And I just had to play and shoot scavs and go with what I had, right? You know, and I don't have a problem playing Tarkov. And don't get me wrong when you're listening to this. It's not that I'm saying the game should be easy, but I believe the game needs to have a clear path to progress. I don't think that just saying, okay, now go play until you can't, you know, and then you are available to get the next quest from the next trader. It's a little bit disjointed, and it could be because they made this change without adjusting all of the other systems in the game. And it feels like they made a change and they forgot to adjust the progression systems and the progression flow. Just feels odd and kind of off. Yeah, it it does. I think the added RNG, and I do agree with that. I think you did a good job of explaining it. But when I think about RNG, I think about quests like the ice cream cones, where you have to find, I think, 360 rounders. The other option is to craft those at the lavatory. But in order to get the lavatory to the level that you need, (laughs) you have to progress and get some um, traders leveled up. So I agree. I think the progression feels off. And if you go to the spots where this item spawns, which is in one of the bunkers on the woods map, ask Boo Boo uh, in in the Discord. Uh, he checked this over and over and over and over and never found one. I think that's a lesson that I think is really hard to learn. And uh, I think you're right. I think MMOs largely figured this out. And I think it's a lesson that Tarkov probably needs to take a look at because when you have a task that in the task, it says, go to this spot. Like, I think it's in the task text to find the 60 rounders in those bunkers on woods. And the quote unquote drop chance is probably 10%. And then even if you get it, you have to survive with it so that it's found in raid. At some point, that just becomes uninteresting. I think that's really some of the challenge with the level 20 flea is they're trying to either change players focus or do something that they haven't explicitly outlined but let me let me dig into this for a second because this is what i've experienced the gamer and me would love to have all the time in the world to play tarkov but once i hit level 20 and then work started ramping up and life got a little bit busier. Because I had unlocked the flea and they had moved the flea to level 20, th- there's a good source of frustration and grinding and time that goes into unlocking the flea market at level 20. I felt a sense of accomplishment when I did that. And then right after that, life got really busy. I don't have the same drive to log in and play now. Because now they've moved the Kappa requirements way out. And what we thought may have been a placeholder or a joke appears to be true <laughs> from what we talked about last podcast. So now I've, I've reached this and got this sense of achievement because they moved the flea out to level 20 and I got to sell all my stuff and I got to progress my hideout. But now I'm just faced with a, another gate of just leveling and tasking so that I can move my hideout again. The end reward, the end game task experience is now not really achievable for the average player. And they didn't add anything else to fill that content hole. So I I really felt like I achieved something getting the flea market as quickly as I did. And now I don't really have a driving motivator to keep me in the game. I'm curious if other people feel that way. I'm curious if Battlestate knows how big of a carrot the flea market is to move it 10 levels and add experience and then not change the systems leading up to it. I wonder how many people out there are going to hit the flea market at level 20 and just be like, 
Okay, well, I'm not getting Kappa this wipe, so level 21, here we are. We're done. You make a good point in that sometimes you can create systems that are great on paper, but in practice, they require so much so much playtime. And with RNG, after a while, it becomes uninteresting, and it just doesn't become fun. It is rewarding when you finally do get through it, but if it's so brutal to get there... And again, I'm, I'm going to make this clear. I'm not saying I think Tarkov should be easy. That's not the, the design focus or intent of the game. And I'm also not saying that if you don't have a lot of playtime, you should automatically be as good as the people that have a lot of playtime or be able to progress as fast. I'm not even implying that. What I'm trying to say, though, is that for the people who are high playtime, when you take a look at these systems and you think to yourself, we'll just play more, you have to understand that it's very uninteresting to spend all of your playtime in for an allotted week to try to do one thing, to try to find one item or one task and not be able to do it three weeks in a row. And then at the in the fourth week, you spend a month trying to do the same thing. You just hit a point where it's uninteresting anymore and you stop playing. And even for high time players, when you get to a certain point, you're not playing Tarkov to get quests done. You're just playing Tarkov to get XP. And it's like running around playing a punishing version of Fortnite or PUBG. It's not really super interesting. And I think as I've been thinking about this, I've kind of come to the point where I feel like the progression and time gating aspects of all the different systems need to be adjusted greatly. It's like they have interesting things in the game to do, and they have interesting things to set goals to achieve, to unlock or quests to complete, things like that. But the balance of when those are available and how you get them done and what levels and all of that needs to be just completely rethought out. Because moving the flea market changes the need for the player to manage their inventory and every single task along the way. And if you're a veteran player, you are fully aware of the items that are hard to find. And if you run across those, you're going to save them. I think they realized that they needed to do something with the inventory space. That's why we ended up with scav junk boxes available in level one therapist. I'm level 10, but I have two scav junk boxes. I've had no trouble with money. So I'm not saying that I'm you know, a broke boy and I'm having trouble with money because that's not it at all. I'm already back up to over a million rubles and I have two scav junk boxes I've already bought. It's just that I'm having trouble with RNG. And so to wrap it all back up and come back around, I think they've made changes that the RNG needs to be adjusted and the system and quest progression, maybe even more quests that help you get a little bit more XP along the way, because the early quests give so little XP, you know, 1500, 2000 XP, and you get those done. And, you know, say you're level seven or level eight, by the time you get those first ones done, because you just don't find the right things. It's like, yeah, I got a quest done. Uh, I need 40,000 XP for the next level. And I got 2000. It just doesn't feel like it's correct. And so I think that there's a lot of systems that need to be rebalanced to make this make sense. I agree with you. And I think one of my earlier comments, especially on the heels of the history and the sort of, if I could care, summarize it, would be the jumping around on the flea market and hideout and where it is and why it's there and the reasoning behind it is all of that affects progression and stash management and everything there. And we don't really know what they were trying to solve. I think you asked a phenomenal question in that. Because a lot of people point to, and if you go on Reddit, you'll hear people like, oh, just get good, figure it out, whatever. And that's fine. You can sit in that camp all you want. But the <laughs> massive amount of silent casual players who just enjoy playing the game are never going to see your comment or hear you say it. And I just don't think it's the right approach. The other piece of it is a lot of people point to this early game extension or extending the mid game and the early game and that the flea market change was done to do that. And I sincerely hope that this flea market change wasn't Battlestate's solution for that problem. Because it is such a fundamentally ingrained piece of the economy in the game now. And so they're taking an economic piece and trying to use it as a solution for a gameplay in raid piece. And I think that is a horrible decision on in every way possible if that was the solution that they were trying to find or the problem they're trying to fix. Because they have levels on the traders. 
They have gates on the traders, but then you can go find everything and raid. What if they just, instead of all of the different ammo types, what if they put those into classes and they, not necessarily that they change the ammos and stuff, but they could put level requirements on armor. They could put level requirements on ammo. They could put level requirements on certain guns. And they could basically take what's already in the game, add some progression pieces to it, and then create a market on it where it's like, oh man, I found this, insert it here, right? If you found an HK part and it says required level 28, you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to use this, but someone who's crafting this may be able to use it. I'll sell it. We've effectively moved out the early and middle game because they could now limit when people are using certain gear and certain guns. Now, again, you're never going to stop the high playtime players from playing a lot of the game. You don't want to punish people for playing your game. And I don't think low playtime players care if someone's going to spend 40 hours a week in the game. As long as they have a reasonable way to progress, I just don't see this as the solution for that. That's what it always comes back to for me because I keep seeing that as the argument. Well, the early game got extended and the mid game got extended. No, it didn't. <laughs> it's it, the people that, that ground out the game for the first three days were right back to the mid and, and late game within a week or two. It did nothing to change the early game. The first day or two is about it. So for anybody that had to work or wasn't able to play in the first week, the game's right back to where it was. You know, the 400 square feet in factory was about all you gained as far as area to explore. I would love to know what problem they were trying to solve. You said that and my mind's been racing ever since. I think that it is interesting to think about the barter items and gun parts, guns, gear, and all those things in relation to level. It could be interesting. I think in Tarkov, you have to break down the idea of what is reasonable to have a chance to be successful. I don't think it's reasonable for a level one to expect to kill a Giga Chad at level 60, other than maybe a lucky shot. But if you put that much time into the game, you should have a reasonable expectation that given a gear to gear situation, you can win. Now in Tarkov, it's all about ammo. That level one player could scav and potentially find, you know, like 995 or BP or whatever, you know, find something that could be in a, you know, in a gun that could shoot the Giga Chad and, you know, head eyes because it doesn't matter, right? So th th that is a very unlikely thing to have happen, but it could happen, okay? And so my, my point with that is that I don't want high time players to think that we're just saying that they should not have any reward for the time that they put in. Because I think that you should be rewarded for the time that you put in the game. And I think that if you're a super high time player and you push through all these things, you should have access to all the best things and you should be rewarded for that. What I think is missed in the conversation in the community when we get into this is progression and punishment of a low time player relative to where the high time players unlock. It could be interesting, you know, there are some ways that MMOs have solved this. When you have a game that has so many systems and so much gear in it, for example, some MMOs have implemented systems where as the player base as a whole progresses through something, an event or a time-gated thing or something, then more and more stuff becomes available to everybody, regardless of level. So imagine if the Tarkov player base, on average, reported an average level, and as that average level got higher, more and more things could be unlocked along the way that everybody could use. And that would be a way to give a relative bonus to both sides of the equation, right? The high time players are just going to get it, and the low time players may have access to a boost along the way. Or imagine if, you know, every month the wipe went on, say you're not level 10 yet, you get a 2x XP boost until you get to level 10. Does that ruin the experience of a level 60 player? Not at all. Doesn't matter. Because it, it really doesn't matter. Experience beyond level 20 in Tarkov with the flea open becomes far less valuable. And arguably, experience beyond level 40 is totally meaningless, unless you're going to try to grind to level 71 for Kappa. It means nothing. There are ways that you could help low-time players stay engaged and stay interested in the progression systems without hurting high-time players. And I think with this particular wipe, BSG's attempt at fixing some issues in the player community that they've been vocal about regarding the mid-game and early game 
by just removing the flea market or pushing the flea market out so far, it didn't work. And I, I think that their intention really had a lot of unintended consequences that a lot of the player base is going to feel. And again, I'm not saying the game should be easy. I'm saying that this particular change didn't do what I think most of the players wanted because the Giga Chads and the people who have uh, unlimited time blew through the mid game and the early game anyways. And the people that don't have unlimited time, who have more of a limited schedule to play in the game, now have gotten to a place where they have to decide, am I really going to grind all the way through this? Or is this the wipe that I take off because this change really was not that interesting? And in the end, nobody really wins because the people who play a lot are going to start to see longer queues and empty raids. And the people who were excited to play a wipe may not end up playing the wipe because it becomes uninteresting and not fun. And so it's not specific to a certain item or a certain gear. It's not like, you know, well, this level of gear is available. I'm just seeing, you know, level fives and Altons and blah, blah, blah. You know, it really isn't about that. It's kind of about the player experience as a whole and what is interesting uh, versus what's really not interesting and engaging to keep going. I, I think you said a lot there. and. I think that's one of the real just I would say sad parts about this is I think the flea market is a really interesting tool. I think it's a really interesting system. I think the economy in a game where you're running into other players and trying to survive and trying to pull stuff out of raid to really move the multiplayer aspect of the economy that far out, I, I think it takes away from the game a bit in the early game for new players, for low playtime players. So I can see it being something that, you know, again, I, I it's something that I, I point back to it. I unlocked it. I felt the achievement of it because of the carrot being moved. And now I'm like, man, I, I don't have a huge desire to play right now. I, I hit a big goal of mine since they moved it to 20. And the, the goal that I usually go after Kappa is gone. For, for my playtime, it's not achievable. In, in a normal wipe period. So I think it all comes back to something you said kind of in the, the threads was progression. They, they have to look at this. They have to look at it. I tend to agree. I absolutely agree. They have to look at this because as we've talked about the flea market, my opinion has really changed from early on. If you look at Xfil, maybe episode 15 through 20, somewhere in that time frame, we had Geeks Aeon and we would joke about the rat versus Chad. And we had some really awesome conversations about the flea market and who it benefits. And we were very hyper-focused on items, barter items, gun pieces, gear. We were hyper-focused on that specifically. But I think as we've progressed through our own Tarkov journey and gotten to this point where, you know, we've, for all intents and purposes, understand the game. We understand where things spawn. We can play the game at a level where you don't have to look up that much stuff. It becomes more about, okay, am I going to be able to enjoy the game? It, it, it's like the flea market adds to my enjoyment of the game and adds to the enjoyment that a normal player would have to the game. It's really not about or it's not exclusively about access to just good gear. I don't think it's bad for any style of play, whether it's high time or low time, to be able to trade at some point money for time. I think that if you're going to have an economy, the point of having an economy is to trade time for money. That is the point. In-game currency specifically, not RMT to be clear, but in-game currency for time. That is the point of having an in-game economy. I think that this change has upset a balance that they were getting close to finding with, with the last wipe in that area. And for me, going forward, I think that's why it feels just off. Again, I, it's not about me complaining about the flea market. I'm just going to be very clear here. I, I'm not complaining about it. I don't think the game should be easier. All of those reasons, which we're going to get anyways in the comments, I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying that this has just feels like the balance of my time investment for what I get out of enjoyment is not quite right this way. When you're talking about how the economy allows for in-game currency to be traded for time, right? And basically that, what it really does is it allows you to mitigate RNG for a lower playtime player. You're right. The more time you throw at something, the less RNG can happen. If you can run 100 shoreline raids this week, 
you're going to probably find the things on shoreline that you want to find. But having access to an economy or some sort of system where you can trade your RNG, the things that you found that you don't necessarily need that someone else might, it mitigates that for players. So I don't see how allowing players to access this earlier at lower levels hurts other players. I mean, I just think it I preferred it earlier because I like the system. And I, I again, I, I keep coming back to that. But the, the mitigation of RNG, which feels kind of brutal right now in some ways, like if you're not finding flash drives right now or you're not finding a folder with intelligence because of the maps you run and things like that, you're just being locked out because you're not finding that stuff. At some point, that's just not not fun. You can fight with me all day about the game needing to be fun or not, but they can turn the drop rate down super low on this stuff to make the game super hardcore. But at some point, that just becomes uninteresting. I think that they lean heavily on the idea of Tarkov not being fun and it being hardcore and being fun in a, in a different or unique way or whatever. But at the end of the day, like you can RNG it to the point where it's not interesting. This is us lasering in on this one change, right? And I want people to hear that because there's other things that I think they could pursue either alongside of this or to test other ways to do it. And you heard one of them. You could put level requirements on stuff. Another thing that they could do is move away from the flea market entirely open up the bartering system. They could absolutely fundamentally change the way the economy works. Give the traders way more stuff, way more trades active early, may more barters active early, or even at level two or whatever, and move away from a flea market. They could keep building out the hideout so that they could mitigate RNG, right? And so I think it's going to be interesting to see where they go from this, because I think what you said is super true. It's not just that they need to look at the progression in the other systems. I don't think they did. I think this was a, hey, let's move the dial on this and see what happens, right? You can go all conspiracy theorists and say, well, maybe they needed to get some players out of the game to get server stability, so they put the flea market at level 20. <laughs> like, I've seen some crazy stuff on Reddit, man. Like, If you go to controversial on Reddit and you type in flea market, it is an absolute dumpster fire out there. There's some weird stuff, but there's always like the little hint of like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I don't think they would do that, but that's an interesting thought. And because they talk a lot about what's coming or, yeah, we're going to implement that. And Nikita gets on the podcast and, and, and shows off some things that are coming, but they never really talk about why. They'll talk about the effect sometimes. Like, it was interesting hearing him on the last podcast talk about, well, if we took away the secure container or we changed that, we would just get flamed. But they don't necessarily talk about why they were considering changing it. And that's the thing that we're just kind of guessing about here and what problems they're kind of trying to solve. So it would be fascinating at this point to hear what problem they were trying to solve and what they're going to do with the results they got from the level 20 flea market to move, not move. Maybe it's exactly what they wanted. I don't know. I agree. And it would be fascinating to hear from you. What do you think about this change? Where do you think this is going? How has it affected you? Has it affected you? Jump into Discord and let's get some talks going in episode feedback. We've had a pretty lively discussion after last week's episode there and we'd love to get more opinions on the flea market change and flush it all out with the community. But I think that's about it. I don't know about you, but I see the old green bar start to flash, which means uh, we are moments away from disappearing. But before we do, I just want to say thank you to the community once again for supporting the show, for supporting us on Patreon. Please take a moment there if you'd like to support the show. That's the best way to do it in a monetary sense. Of course, it's always free. But if you'd like to support us through Patreon, the link is in the description down below. As always, you can find me in Discord. That's the best place. Find at Ronald. Take me. I'm at the top of the Discord. Next to MTB Trigger, send me a DM. Add me as a friend. Whatever. Let's uh, talk some Tarkov or games, life, whatever you want to talk about. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronald Gaming. And you can find me hanging out in MTB Trigger's stream. That'd be twitch.tv slash MTB Trigger. A couple times a week. Uh, hang out there with everybody. and We have a good time. 
If you have something more formal, you'd like to sponsor the show, you can email the business address of XP Media at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. And like Ryle said, you can find me a couple days a week on Twitch. Those times are sporadic and crazy right now because of your job, but that's going to start leveling out. But like we said at the top of the show, this is 100% listener supported. Thank you so much for those of you that do that. We've got Patreon for those of you that want to do it monetarily. And then for anybody else that wants to help supporting our Twitter channels, sharing, commenting, going on YouTube, all of that stuff goes a very, very long way. Thank you so much. But good luck out there in your raids. We'll see you next time. See you, everybody.